0: We're talking about the Aux-IWAS split coming up uh, August 25th. It's called the Eastern Scrolls. And this is going to be our interview portion of the Fuzz Club episode. So how does it feel to be on the other side of the Fuzz Club, everybody?
1: This is a little weird. Very alien. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) It's definitely unique. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I just checked out um, your podcast with Pat at Monster Riff, and I got all sorts of information from him about this album. So to avoid just regurgitating a lot of that information, uh, I'm challenging you guys to look at this as maybe less public-facing and more like Fuzz Club facing. Uh, a lot of the episodes that we've done on the Fuzz Club, we've gotten videos from different bands, and we talked about how much they really helped listen to the album. Um, Just recently we listened to Spotlights and they kind of talked about the drum sound and the recording process and the bass sound. And I think it helped us all kind of go back to that album and listen to it in a different way. And we had a different appreciation for it. So maybe while we're talking about the album a little bit, we can think of it that way as more like fuzz club facing and it'll help them kind of dissect the album as we talk about it in that episode and talk shit about everything on the album. So, uh, first thing, I want to read just a little bit about the album as I understood it. And you can kind of expound (laughs) on it a little bit. So, This Split is a concept album that explores the life and legend of Russian mystic Madame Helena Blavatsky. A woman who enjoyed a diverse career as a circus horse rider, professional pianist, a businesswoman, spiritualist. Uh, Blavatsky is best known as one of the founders of Theosophy a spiritual movement based in the ancient tradition of occultism and the esoteric doctrines of hermitism and neo-Platonism. Yep. Uh, I understood some of those words. So if you want to expound on any of that about uh, Blavatsky or how that came about as the concept, that would be helpful.
2: I I think the easiest place to start is really just the one of her biggest goals And why she is famous is because she brought together Eastern and Western philosophies, religions, ideas, and synthesized them together. Um, If you look at Blavatsky's life and text, she was well-traveled, she was well-read, you know, she started reading at an extremely young age. Um, and so what you get is really someone trying to come up with a, a singular universal religion, way of thought, way of being. Um, whereas so many different ideas, whether in the occult, in philosophy or in religion, there's a lot of divisiveness and saying, we are not that. Lovatsky is saying, we are all of that. So that's kind of the, the idiot's guide to, to her, her ideas.
0: I know you and I, and, and probably you and a lot of people have talked about Crowley a little bit, but he's looked at in a certain light as being kind of like this dark, like creature in, in all of this kind of stuff. How is Helena Blavatsky viewed? Is she a good guy? Is she a villain? Is she, you know, too dark? Is she evil? Is she good? Like what, what's, what's the spin on, on her? I think it depends on your, your perspective
2: of, of her ideas, um, you know, if you're an evangelical Christian, you're probably going to find Blavatsky to be pretty off-putting. <laughs> um, but you know, like Gandhi was an early, uh, you know, kind of acolyte of hers for a while before he kind of did his own thing.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: The- Theosophical society was very popular in India because it had so many Hindu ideas, but it was bringing, you know, kind of modernization, quote unquote modernization, um, into India around the same time of the uh, as they were working towards independence. So one of the things you have to really consider is that Blavatsky is not. I, I wouldn't call her like a left-hand path magician like Crowley or LaVey, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't call her a right-hand path magician like you know Wicca or um, the Golden Dawn, for example. Um, she's a little just straight down the middle. Um, it's more of like, here are the ideas. Here's what I think. Do with it what you will.
0: So I, I heard you both kind of talk about the subject matter with Pat a little bit, and you were reading a book and shared it with with OX and and whatnot. But aside from just how it happened, why why write an album based on Blavatsky?
1: I was really interested immediately. <clears throat> it was interesting that uh blake came with such information and ideas and uh once they started talking about it and i took a little interested look into it that kind of almost a strong feminine role of her way back in the 1800s it just really i hooked on to that and i really tried my best that when playing this song i was kind of given it my all with no fucks given the kind of way she might have given her ideas and her belief system with no fucks given there was no way she was not going to believe what she believed or what she wanted to deliver and so Mm -hmm. that's how I delivered the song in the same path
0: so what do you think that you wanted to accomplish with this split in regards to like the subject matter I guess but also just in terms of like why make a split together you know what did what did you want to put out there to the world that you haven't put out in your own music or about to put out in your own music in the next year or two or whatever
3: uh for, for me it was just uh to do it i mean I, so many bands i'm into have, have done it and it seemed like a really cool concept to join join forces with another band of like mind um and i i'm all about inclusiveness i love i love community i love like just gathering and being around other people that you know jive that I jive with, and sometimes I'm, that I don't even jive with, you know, just <laughs> like being around people, man. I like learning and, and observing and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, to me, it was just it was a cool um, opportunity because uh, we kind of met Blake through our first album, and uh, we hit it off really quickly, and um, we proposed it to him, and he he accepted, thankfully, and yeah, it had happened.
0: I always find the collaborative process to be pretty enjoyable. I mean, as someone that makes art and things, just creative things, like there's a part of you that wants to do stuff on your own because it's your vision and your art and all that kind of stuff. But there's something special about doing a collaborative thing too. You learn something from it, you get better, you you take things from other people, whatever. So how collaborative was this split? Was it, sharing ideas back and forth more than just the subject of Blavatsky? Was it sharing, you know, trying to collaborate on the music? I know you guys are in very different parts of the world, but, you know, how collaborative was the, the process?
2: I think that kind of goes down to just like the friendship, especially between the three of us of, you know, like they're, they're kind of two of my people that uh, I'll be like, hey, I don't know whether this is garbage. Um, let me know. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit more of a, I I don't really care about the sanctity of, of the song per se. Um, I think that songs are, are innately social. So I, I definitely was like, Hey, I need help with this. You know, tell me whether I'm on the right path. This the song that you hear on, on the split is, um, is actually the second song that I did because I had a file get corrupted with very little time to go before we had to uh, start the mixing and mastering process. Um, so that was fun, but uh, but yeah, I mean Chris and Randy are always a, a part of my my musical process in terms of how I I decide whether something's working. So this was just like as opposed to me being like, hey, I'm thinking about putting this you know on something that I'm releasing. You know, through King Volume, it was like, "What do you think about doing this together?"
0: <clears throat> how did that collaboration affect the songwriting? I mean, was Ox trying to bring out the Iwas in the band? Was Iwas trying to bring out the Ox in their music, or was this like a, a true split where it's like we're talking about the same thing, but the, you know, the music does not overlap anywhere? Was I get a like little? How you wrote the songs.
3: A little bit of um, of what you said there about Ox trying to maybe not write an IWAS song, but write something that would, uh, that would be cohesive with, uh, with IWAS. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, you know, that just as you know, what's indicative of the world, the musical world right now, and, and technology is like, we have so access to so much music all the time. So never in my life have I listened to so much music for so little time. So I can listen to, you know, three bands, in three days. And then the next three days, I'm listening to four other bands in the next three days. And I never get back to those three original bands unless something really, really sticks. So at the time I was into (laughs) some bands that kind of were influencing the sounds that came out. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely different than heavy on the cosmic, our first album. Um, and it's way different than what's going to be coming out. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of cool, you know, uh, given that we don't have to go into a, like a professional studio to record. And, you know, the, the ease of doing things with technology really allows us to kind of explore different sounds uh, in a way that I don't think has ever really been yeah. available to pe- people in the past, unless you have millions of dollars, you know? Right, yeah. It's
1: a really fun <clears throat> with this split was uh, and I don't think we've mentioned it yet was that there was a challenge aspect. There was a challenge in, When Blake brought the actual theme to us, because uh, Ox songs comes from that brain, I don't know where, how, what, or why, there is some sort of universal highway of sounds going through there. So the theme was a challenge, and then it was also a challenge that we started off in the idea that it was going to be a shorter song, a seven inch, right guys? Mm-hmm. And then it kept expanding and do you think we could keep going how long do you think we can go what do you think we can do 45 rpm Ooh, let's play with it let's have some fun and so there was a challenge at every little turn but we had a lot of fun exploring those challenges together in that collaborative effort to create yeah. what is now being put out into the world and uh yeah it was a it was a fun challenge
0: and i really like, it. How, how do you feel knowing that ox wrote a longer song than you guess
2: I got to step it up <laughs>
3: yeah. to, to be fair we had a lot more people involved in the production of the song like that, that whole inclusiveness thing I try to pull in as many people as possible for every song that I do so yeah. we had we had Dan Allen from Indian Handcrafts do some vocals we had Claire Fitzgerald who did some vocals on the first album and then we had Bob uh, sorry Roberto do some uh Ricardo some violin on the album so, or on the song sorry so we just kept keeping you know more and more on the song until it, it reached its conclusion and i mean it's probably one of those things that we could just keep continuing to write on
2: kind mm-hmm. of to do yeah i mean i for me <clears throat> i i recorded my my part of the split after i finished my second album and so it's going to reflect a lot of what you're you're going to hear from that so if you're expecting to hear like The wayward God sound, you're not really going to hear that it's 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 a different vibe. It's a different feel. It's a different sound. Um, This differs from my my second album that's that's coming out this fall and in that I I felt like I was influenced by Ox to a certain extent in that I was like, let's challenge myself to be a you know, I I already I've, I've always had some psychedelic elements to my music, especially in the vocals. But I moved the psychedelic elements from just having effects on the vocals to, uh, you know, an extended bridge. That's probably the most psychedelic thing I've I've done so far. Um, so it, it kind of I was challenging myself in that I knew that they were like, let's let's bring in some different elements. Let's write challenge ourselves to write a longer song. I would say it's maybe the heaviest ox song, maybe. I think um, so. <laughs> I I think there are songs that I find to be personally more heavy, but I think for general ears, this is probably going to be the heaviest ox song. Mm -hmm. And this is probably my most psychedelic song. Uh, Uh, I agree with that. I I think there, there wasn't necessarily an, an intentionality, but I think when you're working together, you start to assimilate some of each other's, ideas and strategies towards especially the songwriting aspect
0: yeah that that's what i was kind of curious about is that i mean you guys are going into this knowing that it's a split maybe not knowing that it's you know one song each or that they're going to be 10 minute songs or anything like that but you know that it's going to be a split and there has to be part of your brain that starts trying to kind of match the other band at least you know like you don't want them to be wildly different you're not going to play black metal if they're playing you know stoner rock and it that wouldn't be a very cohesive split, necessarily. So, like, I, I just wonder how much of your brain kind of goes, like, I need to, you know, meet them halfway or, or something like that. I, I think part of what happened was once we
2: decided that is... I, I don't remember who, whether it was Chris or I, that was like, let's have a concept. Um, like, I don't I, think I, we actually
3: I, ever really came up with the... like we. I don't think we realized it was a concept until after, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I think we decided to to write about Blavatsky, but... Sorry, my dog's looking for a But I didn't really consider it to be a concept until after the song was written. That songs were written. Um, so it's, it's funny, because to me, sometimes when I hear concept, I think, oh, pretentious. But uh, you know, I, I don't... I don't think it is necessarily I I think it's just that we wanted a cohesive uh, thing to write about because we kind of jive and and dig a lot of the same stuff yeah
0: I didn't I didn't get a chance to like look at lyrics and we've kind of talked about that a few times how you know lyrics kind of come second in some of this we listen to the music first and the the feeling of it and all that kind of stuff lyrically how how important was Blavatsky to to writing lyrics to to this music did it potential yeah
2: I mean, my, my my entire song is just like here are some of Blavatsky's themes. Um, now it was it was kind of easy for me to do that because yeah. I'm so used to talking about things through uh, the lens of Thalema. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I was like, let's challenge myself to to do something a little different. Um, so it still has that personal edge to it if you really dive into the lyrics on my end, but. I was like, let's talk about her ideas, you know, and and I can use I can use her ideas to talk about what's on my mind. Gotcha.
3: And, and for me, works um, are sometimes they fall into your lap,
2: uh, and they're
3: very. thorough. sometimes it's more a stream of consciousness and abstract, and uh, you know, symbolic. And I think for for me, for our, our version, uh, for our sorry, our side of the split. Uh, it was more of surreal uh, stuff. Sorry, my dog's being
0: a pain in the ass right now. i <laughs> um, <Sorry. Jesus. laughs> If I see a dog's butthole <laughs> on the podcast, I'm going to be upset. <laughs>
3: so so um, I, I, I didn't know much about Blavatsky when I started writing the song. And as I was writing it, I was reading and reading and reading. So it's very all over the map. I, you know, I was reading about her childhood. I was reading about some of the concepts that she had come up with some of the stories, you know, true or not, some of these outlandish stories that you hear about her, um, and, and all of it kind of came together in, in the lyrics that uh, we ended up with, so.
1: We def- yeah, we definitely focused on her journey.
3: Yeah, yeah, part of it is about the. I think overall the, the theme of our song is is about the journey and her life, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Like the name of your song is eighteen thirty one, correct? Is that right. when she was when she was born, or was that something else?
3: That, that was her IQ, actually.
1: No,
0: no I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, she,
3: she was born, <laughs> um, she's a super genius. Sorry,
1: I'm having a meltdown right now.
3: Um, yeah, so no, she was born eighteen thirty one uh, in uh, what it was Russia, is now Ukraine okay very topical cool. <laughs> well yeah. it is it's funny because because randy's part ukrainian and we've been following all of the stuff over there and we're not, i wouldn't say we're anywhere near a political band or a social commentary type band but uh you know we do you know like anyone who's conscientious these days follow that stuff and mm-hmm. uh, you know i think it all kind of has come together in a in a serendipitous type type of way um well, a lot of synchronicity a lot that we discussed on the on pat's podcast as well but some really weird odd things and um yeah i don't yeah. know maybe it was just cool to have that happen
0: so if we could shift gears just a tad to yeah. like gear and some of the technical information uh i know some of the people on our podcast like to talk about some of that stuff that i don't quite understand um but you kind of touched on having some guests uh, from Indian handcrafts and a violin and things like that. But is there anything uh, musically that maybe you wouldn't hear on first pass listening to this that you want to share, whether it's effects, pedals, guest spots, extra instruments, any, anything like that that people should know?
2: I mean, for me, the the maybe the most essential pedal in terms of creating the sound that I was looking for, especially on the bridge, was it's a, a pedal called Keeley side um i was listening to just a fuck ton of pink floyd uh at this time and um i was like i wonder what that would how that would go with doom and so i i did a trade with a, a friend for a pedal um he had the, the dark side so i traded him one and um it's uh, essentially the only song i've ever used it on but i'm pretty happy about it uh and i i couldn't have i couldn't have gotten a lot of the sounds on 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 my song without that pedal so yeah
3: cool and and for me i was really trying to get um uh that kind of low mid-range like uh uh, warbly fuzz not warbly fuzz but it was like a a woolly fuzz it's a woolly fuzz sound that i was trying to get kind of a wind hand uh or a bit of monologue so um i was using a uh Frost Giant Massive Pedal, which is a very mid forward one knob fuzz pedal uh, that's that's um, modeled after the the Color Sound one knob fuzz from the '70s. Um, so it's 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 modded a little bit in that it's a bit kind of more um, burly, more picky, I guess. But uh, it's a massive pedal, and that's why it's called the massive. Uh, and then also. Um, one really cool kind of thing is that my an uncle who, who passed away left me a bunch of instruments. And there's an analog uh, organ sound uh, on this album. Uh, it's an old Lowry uh, organ that you'd find in someone's basement maybe in the 60s. And it uh, has never been cleaned. The thing's full of dust. It's got the original tubes in it. And it has this beautiful, um, warm analog organ sound. So that kind of pops up in the murk of the song. Our song is quite dense. It's a lot more dense than anything we we've ever done um so i was trying to get a a wall of sound kind of thing going on uh i guess that would speak to more of the iwas you know giant big doom sound that we were going for um so i wanted to kind of add in a lot of those organ
2: like timbres to get it to sound so big and woolly and Mm -hmm. yeah there's there's like a drone element to, to both songs i would say Mm -hmm. um you know we're not we're not going for for trying to sound like sun or, or earth or anything like that um but when you're tackling a more spiritual type of theme i think that you end up a little bit influenced by that in terms of the fact that you're like all right if i'm talking about a spiritual concept i should be putting myself into a spiritual place while i'm working on this
1: there's there's definitely a few beats or moments or uh, pieces that are almost trance-like and mm-hmm. i i attribute a lot of that to that like you were saying going into that kind of spiritual realm that kind of like psychedelic really not it's not even fuzzed out it's just there's just a lot of like what do you call that that like almost hymn like mm-hmm. there's a there's a tone in there that when you're listening yeah, and you're it comes in and you feel it and it sticks with you throughout the song and yeah, so it's kind of trance-like for me. So
3: I was listening to a lot of Conan, uh, Mono Lord, Windhand, um, kind of like those bigger, woolier sounding bands at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if the influence can really be heard, but I'm sure it, it probably comes through. And then, like Bulk, I listen to a lot, a lot of Floyd all the time. I'm, I'm a huge Floyd
0: nut. You started and I think ended with a couple samples of of some audio too. Where did that come from?
3: That was from a movie called, I believe, the, is it The Daughter of Horror? God, I'd have to look that up. I should know that. It's been, it's been a little while since I've uh, looked at that. But it was originally a silent um, movie from the 60s, black and white uh, horror film about this woman's descent into madness. Um, the original one was, was silent. And then they put out a second version, I guess, because maybe it didn't do well uh, that was narrated. And uh, that's from the narrator. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yes, yeah, from I believe it's called the Daughter of Horror, uh, okay. which you can find it online for free. Um, it's a uh, royalty-free. You know, if you can go on these sites that have royalty-free uh, movies, uh, music, and all sorts of stuff like that, and I found it there.
0: Awesome. So, um, so real quick, I I know that. You know, We'll talk about it on the Fuzz Club episode, and, and you talked about it a little bit with Pat. Um, the artwork uh, was by someone by the name of uh, Daria Belial, is that is that correct? Billick. 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 I can't read my own handwriting, but uh, she goes by uh, Dashy, I believe. Correct. So I, I like Pat and probably everyone else. I thought that was a painting. It turns out to be a photograph but it's amazing. I love it. And I looked through her work a little bit, really cool stuff. It matches the the vibe of the album and the subject matter and everything. So uh, what can you tell us about the the artwork?
1: It was was immediate love at first sight for myself. There was something to be said about that stylized version that she had of a woman on the plains on a journey. Um, There's this beautiful red flowing dress and this like headdress and something really spoke to me to the idea of like a mystical kind of trail, right? So Blavatsky left her mark around the world and left her mark with a lot of people. And this woman was leaving her trail, her mark along the way. And it was just such a beautiful, beautiful photo. I couldn't get it out of my head. And thankfully the guys loved it. And uh, it really became the staple mark. And it it's so expressively simple and exactly what it needed.
0: Uh, yeah, it, it's spot on. I mean, after listening to the album and talking to you guys about it, looking at the 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 concept, and it's it's great, great artwork for for it. I, I loved it a lot.
2: Yeah, and what, what was really cool was we <clears throat> we went back and forth on a few different artists in this process,
0: and we we just always kept coming back to her work. Um, if anyone else is looking for some album artwork, I mean, she's got lots of photos that would be great album um, covers. They're, they're brilliant. They're really
2: I mean,
1: brilliant. this genre of music, she could cross yeah. through up and down into yeah. so many different bands kind of sounds. And yeah. it just really speaks like in yeah. a, such a beautiful way. And like you said, go through her catalog and you would be just like, yeah, like there's yeah. some good stuff
2: this we'll give you an exclusive on on this one we actually used three of her her photos that uh you get if you if you purchase the vinyl it comes with an insert and um essentially it it, as i recall i might be wrong on this i think we were most attracted to the, the one that we ended up with on the cover but we had three photos that we we pretty much were all in love with um and so we used two of them for the insert one on each side for each band and each band was allowed to kind of choose which one they, they most felt drawn to based on their song. Nice. So it's a full package that you, you get of, of
0: really high quality art. Awesome. Yeah. It's well, great. The
3: cool thing about the, uh, the cover model, um, she reached out to us uh, cause we had uh, attached da- Dashie to one of the posts and she's like, Hey, that's me. And I said, yeah, sure it is. But then she confirmed it was her. I uh, heard she goes by erotic underscore purity. Her name is Rachel, uh, but she that's also she,
2: what I go by. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> That's right. Uh, she uh, she let us know that she made the headdress that's on the cover of the, the tree that's coming out of her head. Uh, she actually crafted that, which is nice. cool.
0: Very cool. Yeah. And All
3: I right. So Scotland, if I'm not Scotland. mistaken. <clears throat> Which is, which is interesting. I just realized this. So um, I got to say this. So the, the Devil's Witches album that came out uh, last year that we all loved. Um, I, I just love the fact. I love that photo so much. And when Blake and I were, you know, talking about the concept, we we're like, yeah, that, that Devil's Witches uh, album was, looks so wicked. Uh, so it was kind of, we were inspired to, to use Dashy's stuff. Um, and I believe he's in Scotland as well. So there's some some Scottish uh, connection
0: there (laughs) and Crowley had a house in Scotland it all comes together (laughs) (laughs) so is there anything else that you would like to share with uh, the Fuzz Club I guess specifically but also just anyone else watching this episode um, that you think they should know before checking this album out or maybe after and to, to consider while listening to it or anything
1: definitely listen in go go look her up and grab a couple of facts true false in or out whatever you believe but then listen go listen then go listen and it's really amazing because i got to do what i did and then hearing the test pressing like the goosebumps were immediate and intense and it did not stop because our songs are extra long (laughs) and blake i was listening to yours like four times yesterday and it, it didn't, the feeling didn't change. It doesn't have to do with the song itself. It's the full experience. It's a, it's a full body experience for me.
2: Yeah, I I think the, we we, had discussed this of how we couldn't think of another split that was a concept album. And it's not just the theme, it's not just the lyrics that are talking about the same stuff. It really creates kind of a cohesive listening experience um to where i i think that if you listen to one song without listening to the other you're kind of depriving yourself of some of the meaning of what we're going for that i i didn't even really fully grasp that until I, i had listened to the test press on my turntable um so you know if you're a fan of one of us excellent awesome i'm a huge fan of ox uh, you know, listen to their song if you want to listen to mine, but really listen, listen to the split as a whole the first time, um, because you're going to get a lot more out of it that way, and that's something we were going for.
0: I, I gotta say that there's plenty of splits out there that just feel like a marketing thing, you know, like for the price of one, you get these two bands here, you go, and it's like this collection of songs, and you're like, okay, it just seems like this like marketing. Thing and this is this is definitely more than that. It's like this idea that you both collaborated on and created this new thing out of it. It wasn't a a collection of your songs that you put together and sold as a a split. It's this brand new thing, and I to me, you know that that says a lot. That's that's the best way to do it. And as just a fan of music, I mean, then then I'm interested. You know, you did it right. I think that it's a very cool concept, and the subject matter and just the uh, the combination of both bands and the artwork and everything. I think it's very cool and it's very well done. So thank so, you. Yeah.
1: Thanks.
0: So where, where should someone start if they're interested in learning more about uh, Helena Blavatsky? Uh, so the book that we kind of used as our, our kind of
2: textbook of sorts uh, is actually by a guy named Gary Lockman, Lachman, L-A-C-H-M-A-N, uh, who is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, he was the original, I believe, bassist. He's either bassist or guitarist for Blondie, um, and he was one of the main songwriters for kind of their their early into their kind of when they really broke it big. And then he uh, eventually left the band and became a writer about different occult texts. And she so- wrote stuff though too yeah she did so her two biggest works quite literally biggest are isis unveiled and the secret doctrine um they're extremely dense and extremely hard to read but they're really rewarding if you can get through them i tried to read some other stuff that you recommended <laughs> i don't know if, if you're this saying it's harder than anything i've ever recommended to you i i would. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: I'll, I'll have to start somewhere else, I think. But
3: <laughs> this guy just read Ulysses. Like, I've tried to read that book fifteen times, and I can't get through it.
0: Yeah, no. I don't the second half is brilliant. First half is pretty rough. I was I was extremely confused by the the Crowley stuff that I was trying to read at one point. Yeah, Blavatsky makes Crowley seem like easy reading. <laughs> All right. All right. Any last words that we, that you want to share with anybody?
3: Uh, I just, um, I know not everyone's got uh, the patience to listen to a 15 minute long or 14 minute long song, but um, I think it would help if you could maybe like Randy said, read through, envision what's going on and then kind of go on a mental movie journey type thing with her. I think that would help.
2: Yeah. I mean, have the insert out while you're listening to it because we, we are trying to actually say something, you know, like, yeah. I know, especially for me, like on my first album, I, I was trying to say stuff, but I didn't know how to say it. And I've grown as a songwriter. And I think that I'm actually saying things and, and you can pick up on them now. And I think I can say the same thing about uh, the song that Ox contributed as well. Absolutely,
1: And I'm not a snob about it. If you got to go to Wikipedia, go to Wikipedia, get a couple of things, get some ideas flowing. You're going to want to think about it. You're going to want to feel it. If there's other psychedelics involved, enjoy yourself. There's some good sounds in there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well said. All right. Thanks, guys.
1: Don't be salty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we are on to the Fuzz Club portion of the Aux-IWAS split episode. Um, We'll just go through some quick intros and we'll kind of get into the music a little bit. Scott, do you want to lead us off?
4: Hi. Yeah, thanks. I'm Scott. I'm the uh, chief writer and editor over at Clean and Sober Stoner.
5: I'm Ryan from High Desert Queen and of My Spoon Productions.
6: Eddie. I'm Eddie from The Endless and Lords of the Opium Church.
7: Bucky. Bucky Brown with uh, Doom Charts, The Ripple Effect.
8: And I'm Pat from Monster All
0: right. So we are talking about the Eastern Scrolls. Um, this album was is uh, going to come out in August, the end of August, August 25th, I believe is the date. And this includes our friends from the Fuzz Club, Aux um, and Iwas, who are frequent contributors to the Fuzz Club. So it was cool to get them um, kind of interviewed and talk about some of the background on this and, and listen to it from that perspective. And now, you know, they've joined forces. And now we get to talk behind their backs and talk shit about them or whatever we want. And here's our <laughs> opportunity. They're not on this episode. It's just us. I'm sure. Yeah, on, I, us.
5: I was curious if they were going to be on here or not. So this is, this is going to be good. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I guess first things first, it's a, a kind of a concept. It's about, um, Madam helena blavatsky who was a russian mystic and there's a whole bunch more about her in that interview portion about kind of her thoughts and her writings and and all that kind of stuff we don't have to get into it too much but it was really interesting for me that the the whole split was dedicated to her i mean it was a subject matter that they were both kind of reading about and came together and wrote these two long epic songs about to create this two song split um, any thoughts on that? Did anyone do any background on on her and, and see how that tied into the music or lyrically or anything like that?
8: Yeah, I, I did a, a short episode with them as well, and we talked a lot about her. And it was really cool, especially to get Randy's perspective on things, because mm-hmm. Madame Lovatsky was obviously a, a woman in a, in a period where women were like second class citizens everywhere and she was super progressive and really really intelligent and would just like just do whatever the fuck she wanted um whatever you know whatever culture called for it that was not what she was going to do i think she like even like often dressed up as a man and so she could go and do things like i think she even fought like in a battle or in war or something like that so she was super hardcore and so it was really cool to get randy's perspective on things as a woman In a space that is highly male dominated, even the Fuzz Club is mostly just dudes, right? (laughs) Um, And so she not for trying, by the way. Right, right. (laughs) You have tried very hard, and there are people on the email list that are females as well that just don't show up. Uh, But you know, I'm, I'm sure
5: our audience is primarily. (laughs) Women, sure.
8: yeah. <laughs> just, just, just
7: as as the fans at all these underground dive bar shows are mostly women too, right? Of right, course, of course. And I know
4: we're very hot on the twenty one to twenty seven demographic. Big time, single. Big
5: time. <laughs> Paparazzi's crazy around here, believe me.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I would uh, definitely just listening to it. I knew exactly what the concept was without even reading up on it. I knew who this girl being sarcastic. I, I would have had no clue. I mean, it does sound like it both songs kind of roll together and it has that concept vibe to it. But I I as a listener, yeah. I get nothing as far as where it came from or what it is, other without knowing the backstory and reading up on it. It kind of like a lot of concept albums. Like, do you really Follow along, or are you just listening to the tunes? Yeah, right. I mean lyrically,
0: I it, it, I couldn't always understand the the lyrics or anything like that in either one of the songs. But talking to them and asking them kind of like about the lyrical, you know, inspiration and stuff, it sounded like it was really important to the writing of the songs, and it wasn't their typical like subject matter to write about. But it mm. did inspire even the lyrics, and they were writing about kind of stuff that she believed in and. And kind of put themselves like into the music through her and her eyes. So I thought that was cool. And it it does really carry that concept throughout then, even lyrically. Not just like inspirationally, but it is talking about some of her thoughts and things and stuff that she wrote. And I
8: think you get a little bit of it in the music as well. Like Ox has that really cool sort of, I don't know if it's a bridge. They have a really long section in the second half that sounds a little bit like Tool. But you can yeah. hear a little bit of an Eastern influence in there as well that you probably wouldn't
5: have heard in just a typical ox song. Yeah, it's like a, it's a departure, right? And it's yeah. it, it's funny because I I, I am familiar with uh, the Madame. I, I, when I heard the name, I was like, that sounds familiar. But I didn't really think about it until I remembered it was like the theosophy. Like I had learned about yeah. that. I, I kind of went a whole religion trip for a long time and that she was one of the founders of that but i was so far behind you know i've been on the road and then i get and i was like, oh episode it's like tomorrow i want to check out this record i think i asked ryan to send it to me the link again and i started it yesterday and i put it on at the gym i i didn't read anything back no background and uh so i was cuz i know i always appreciate that's one of ryan's criteria how well it does in the gym and uh so that was my first take on it was i'm um, and i'm Trying to get back in shape, which is not easy after all the beer drinking for six years oh on the road.
0: I can only imagine, yeah.
5: So it was brutal. So I was like, I might hate this record because uh, I'm going to be in agony right now. But it was cool. And it it definitely takes you on a trip. And uh, being familiar with Ox, I immediately was like, this does not sound like what they've done. And I think it's because I caught on to that second part of that song mm-hmm. uh, that, that Pat was alluding to.
0: They but both mentioned in that interview that um, it's arguably like the heaviest aux has ever sounded and arguably maybe the most psychedelic that I was has ever sounded. So there was kind of this like where they would kind of aim towards each other and meet in the middle somewhere, you know, musically, which I thought was cool and helped that be, make the split a little bit, a little bit more cohesive.
5: And I think it was a great blend because yeah. I remember about, like I said, about halfway through, I started realizing, wait, this doesn't sound like what I'm used to with aux, but I'm digging it. And then, but I knew what to expect. So now I'm paying attention and I track comes on and I've listened to I was was waiting for that heavy, heavy, super doom. And it wasn't, I mean, it was still very heavy, but not as heavy Mm -hmm. as what they've done in the past. And I think it was cool. I I think they were both striving for that, that concept, you know, like, like it's a concept record. And then going back and and, and refreshing my memory on theosophy and, and the basis of the religion and things was kind of cool. Cause then it makes me go listen to it again and try to find those things. And it kind of makes, makes you a more of an active listener, uh, for, you know, the, cause me as a, as a songwriter, having a concept, that's so cool. Cause that would just give me this idea of like what I need to write and, and, and grow it. So I was kind of listening to see what they did with it. Yeah. I was impressed. I didn't like, like, like Ryan said, I didn't understand the lyrics all every single time. Right. But there'd be something I'd catch on to. And I would probably, even if they didn't mean to make, something out of that i made something out of it based on the fact it's a concept record which is
6: which is pretty cool yeah i was was really impressed too by the by both songs and i did i did a little bit of research before i listened to them like i went on youtube and tried to get something some kind of background and then when i listened to the the ox song like it just blew me away because you can tell they they reached really deep and trying to find some new inspirations and you could really tell that there's a lot going on there that they just explored, and it came out really well. Same and with the, you, Yeah.
5: And you probably, Eddie, I don't know. I was marveling at the guitar tone.
6: Oh, man. Uh, the tone was crazy. Yeah.
5: It's so fuzzy and thick yeah. on, the, uh, yeah. on both tracks. But the, uh, the first guitar yeah. tone on Ox, I go, oh, okay. This is going to be a good gym song. I like this. Yeah. Fuzzy. Yeah. All, I, all I could
8: think about was Electric Wizard. Uh, yeah, it had that, yeah. that
5: thick sound. I wonder if they don't you know what, what what they used on that of course
0: but uh, it's talked nice about thing. it a little bit a on the or something we talked a little bit on the the interview part and I don't remember if he said exactly what they were using but he was going for like that wind hand type of like buzz and then Blake went into um, a pedal I don't remember the name of the pedal specifically but he was listening to a lot of pink Floyd and used that pedal like traded someone for that pedal to use on this which he's never used before so there there is a little bit about that in the interview part but where that, they got that sound from
4: that that's awesome um it's one of my most i've been looking forward to this one since i heard it because like my favorite album of this century is uh bucky might know it turned to stone chapter two which was masa and Muramasa, and um ox I've always put them in, like, if I'm in a good mood, I want to listen to Aux because it's going to be fun and it's going to be. So I I put this on and just the heaviness of that song. I'm getting ready to text Blake and go, wow, this is the heaviest thing you've ever written. Um, And thankfully I didn't. And then, (laughs) you know, the IWAS comes in and it took me right to a metal era Pink Floyd, not Derivative but real similar. He's got that real. It did. Uh, I think this is brilliant. I think it's going to do for Ox what um, Turn to Stone Chapter 2 did for and Giant because uh, they it made them tighter, better, heavier. And uh, I was, it's my song of the year so far. I, I cannot tell you how much I love that song, <laughs> but it was very confusing. It's like they switched identities, and that was a great move on their part.
7: Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned chapter two because I was thinking a lot about like that pairing where they went into like that deep concept. Yeah, to when they put that together, and and yes, I'm very familiar with. I was the one who paired those bands up. So oh, yeah, I, yeah, I got yeah. those guys. I got I got those guys on board, and they just took that that split and ran with it. Like they did all the creative, like everything about that was. I think it was Sergeant Thunderhoof who. Initiated it, and then they worked together to. And I think theirs was like twenty-minute songs. Oh yeah, it, it was one just like this one. This one's fourteen minutes and like twelve. Mm-hmm. So, but it's similar. It's that long song. I mean, it goes in and out. Very diverse. It's not just one sound the whole time. And I was going to ask. I didn't know if Blake or or uh, Ox was going to be on the on the show tonight, but if the production and maybe you guys know would this this come out as a 45 if it's on on a one disc because that's only going to take up about half a little over half of the the vinyl
0: so i thought that it was um, it's probably a
7: 45 right yeah Um, i thought
0: they talked about doing something smaller and then went with this maybe afterwards i don't i don't know i'm not the right person to ask but i thought that, that it was well
7: yeah either way it's it's cool so in that, in that guitar tone on Ox, right at about two minutes, it just hits that crunchy guitar. That's mm. really,
5: that's when I woke, That's when it hit me. I,
7: that, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like now yeah. we're talking. And then, um, yeah, I I loved
8: uh, Chris's vocals on this. Um, I think part of what made their first album so fun was his vocals. It's sort of light and um, fits really well into like that party doom that they play. But mm-hmm. he just sounds so heavy, and they they did so it's much dark. to his voice. Yeah, so it's really cool. dark.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Now, Ryan, did they ever say? I mean, do they are they going to pivot to this direction more? Do you think, or is this a one off? They they went to the depths of doom, and what, well, what do you think is going to happen
0: for Ox? Um, I don't envision them going like this direction forever although i know they listen to this type of music i mean chris is a yeah. big fan of of you know electric wizard and all that kind of stuff so maybe get heavier and heavier but i know for blake he's taking a, a different approach to his music going forward so i think this is a it's more in line with maybe the direction he's heading in the future yeah
5: well it's a, it's a cool prelude because it, it got psych- like very psyche right and yeah. uh i thought what he did on his vocals too is super cool because it has that Pink Floyd-esque, but it's, mm. you know, it's not going to sound, it's just, the, the, it's just a vibe, you know, of, of the great. vocals yeah. and super dark and layered and kind of danced around and took, it, it was, the whole mood they, that both of these guys tried to create was awesome, I thought, mm-hmm. and I tried to listen to it as an unbiased uh, person, you know, <laughs> yeah. these are these are friends yeah. of ours, right, and not yeah. right. like I was going to get ready to tear it apart, but I there's really nothing I can tear apart only complaint I have is what I complain about with every split. Not long enough. Even the one I'm on. Not long enough. It's not long you know? enough. <laughs> yeah, so I, I get it.
0: Yeah. So, Ryan, and, and maybe some of you have been on on splits or know a little bit about splits and stuff just in general, but, I mean, when you did your split with Blue Heron, I mean, you guys had a collection of songs and you paired them with Blue Heron songs and you put out a split with them. This, going into it as two bands like writing material almost together almost collaborative. I mean, they aren't on each other's songs or anything necessarily, but mm-hmm. I mean, what what are your thoughts on like that concept is like working together to finish a split as opposed to like, we have our songs, you have yours, let's put them out together. Like I thought it was really cool. I think that like going in there with a concept in mind and writing almost together, like was just a really cool idea.
5: I think this is the way a split should be done. Uh, concept I, I'm, I regret that ours wasn't uh, it was, i mean blue jad from blue heron wanted it to be a concept he's like hey this is the idea you had i was like that's awesome and, and we actually got in a uh practice space to start recording and it just it just we didn't we didn't get the studio there's no way we started touring too much and it was like hey we have these three songs and luckily they kind of fit and and, and we complement each other well so that worked but you know hindsight i would have loved to do exactly what they did but oxen and i lost it cause to me, that's that's what a cool split is about. Uh, yeah. I know, I don't think that's I don't think they've ever I don't think they were derived that way. I mean, talking to Jad, even who he didn't invent the split, but you know he was instrumental in bringing bands like Nebula and Lowrider and stuff like that on splits, and they didn't write together, you know. But uh, there's just songs. That, hey, I think you'd be cool with these guys, and go. But man, it's very cool uh, to be able to do what uh, they did with. This split having a concept and writing, both hey agreeing on a concept uh, and and then both writing about it. And I, I'm curious. I don't know if they mentioned in the interview. uh Were they sharing ideas with each other, or was it like, "Here's what we did. Oh, here's what we did. Oh, cool. This is perfect."
0: I, I think that just in general, they shared ideas back and forth. I mean, they're you know they're good friends and stuff, but I don't uh, know that that was part of want to like, do the actual process. I don't know that they like wrote and compared and. Took notes and that kind of stuff but i mean i think that that's probably just part of their process just in general
5: yeah i well they they nailed it and i think that's one of the It's what i split maybe we'll, maybe we'll see more of this you know going yeah. forward this idea of people i mean it's happened before it's not like a right. first time yeah. thing but i think that as a songwriter the ability to kind of step away from yourself you find new things about yourself like like scott was mentioning of asking if if uh, Ox is going to go this direction, or Blake, you know they might be, you know. So, so uh, because they they discover something about themselves, uh, I was almost curious when I concept. first
0: heard them like announce it if they were going to go like the direction of what was it uh, Elder and Cadaver? They like made a new group together, basically Eldavar or whatever,
4: and Even like better, that right? was like, yeah. it was
0: basically like a split co- like slash collaborative supergroup type of thing, like all all in one and. That would have been kind of cool. Uh, Ox Iwas band together, you know, to make you know, it, it, maybe it wouldn't have been much different. You know, they write different yeah. songs, but they kind of came called, in the middle here. The but U-Ox, the Ewoks, yeah.
4: <laughs> well, Who knows? That might be part of their master plan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> who
5: knows? Who knows, right? I mean, it, it, stuff like that is awesome. I love it when bands collaborate like collaborate like that. And, and, yeah. and that's you know, I've been working a, a lot to try to do something similar with with several bands, and hopefully it comes together. But uh it's not the easiest thing to do, especially with they're in Canada, uh Blake's in Austin, but yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's cool with technology you can you can do it now, I suppose, but
0: yeah.
5: it is interesting that they were sharing ideas because to me that's so cool that that that's cool because they kind of each get a feel for like what's yeah. going on, you know
7: yeah and i th- I think splits in general work both ways. I mean th- so like what they did, it's probably less common to work yeah. together like that as a concept but like your split it's it's almost like a, a bill you're put bands together yeah. on a bill and here's the two bands this is what you they don't have to really you, you just you pair them up to be kind of compatible in some way yeah. kind of like a bill like a going to a yeah. show
5: trying to get you know people who hadn't heard us but have heard of blue hair and and, and vice versa yeah you know like and we'll get check more. it out. And-
7: get the exposure out there new bands a lot of i know with ripple that's kind of a lot of these like these series splits are are about getting getting some uh, like a more unknown bands up and giving them an opportunity right. to get their name out um
5: and, and and to me it like grows the family like i love about mm-hmm. it so I'm, I'm already in the ripple family but now i'm on the turn to stone family right yeah. there's other so we're, we're in that so it's, it's cool it's there's there's definitely some value in splits and i, I think we're I like what Ripple's doing with those, and, and and I'm glad we're seeing splits like this happen. It's it's pretty unique. I, I do I do hope to do a split at some point with someone where we collaborate, like Ox and I lost it. I think that's super cool. Yeah. yeah.
7: How about the artwork? Did you guys did they talk a little bit about <laughs> that? Like it's pretty it's pretty sick. Like I, I dig the yeah.
0: artwork. Me too. Yeah. yeah um pat do you do you want to share anything about it while i bring it up i know that yeah
8: talked about i, it a little I bit. will say for me i thought it was a painting i had seen it a bunch on instagram same. and yes, even same. on on the website and i was for sure this was a painting but this is a photograph and wow. it is super cool um and it's not when they found it it was just sign of serendipity um because they felt like it it fit perfectly for the concept that they have but i'll mm-hmm. hand it over to you ryan
0: yeah, so she goes by Dashy. Her name is Daria, but she goes by Dashie. Um, and yeah, like they said, um, long dressed and they had like the the twigs and, and branches to make like this crown uh, to photograph. But we, we said this in the interview, but if you are looking for album art, she, she has a, a huge catalog of material on her Instagram and stuff that would work amazingly well for any album. Really impressive stuff, really cool. And great concepts and composition and everything else. So it was really cool.
5: Do they involve all involve her in the photos?
0: Um, I don't think so. There are a lot of women in the photos, um, but I don't recall I'm, if that's, I, that's like exclusive not, to what she does.
5: And that's, and that's assuming that this Daria or dashi is this person here. It, yeah,
0: maybe I just, just that I don't even know. I'm not
5: even but sure. Okay. just speaking about the photographer in general. Okay. Yeah
7: is is the photo supposed to symbolize the madame or whatever that the album's about is that did you say that
0: well yeah i think that that's the concept that they took into it uh it yeah. was like um and you'd have to listen to the interview part of this mm-hmm. I, I think that Randy even went into kind of like the symbolism of like the crown and and the red um mm-hmm. dress and all that kind of stuff but i think this was a photo that she had taken obviously before you know yeah or the split or anything like that but yeah, I believe that they kind of interpreted it that way. And I, I think that it just fit really, really well with the whole concept. Yeah.
7: Cool. It, it Ironically, it looks like a high desert queen, Ryan. It's like <laughs> yeah. the, the landscape's definitely like high desert, like landscape. Yeah. And, and
5: uh, that's, why I've, <laughs> that's why I was asking about who this photographer is. I'm already intrigued.
0: Yeah. You, you should definitely check out her other work on Instagram. Yeah. It's, it would all work for great, great album covers, like really impressive album covers. That's
7: a, That's a super cool photo. Yeah. yeah and i believe man. that there
0: they said that there's uh, there's two other of her photographs included in the vinyl so uh, if anyone oh. wants to go check out the volume the the vinyl you get more artwork involved in the uh the purchase so yeah i it's thought up. it was
5: a painting until i zoom it zoomed in I,
0: I think everyone has that feeling yeah it's, it's just mm-hmm. such a like surreal looking image that definitely get that
7: and it's up for pre-order right now right the i'm at yep. uh, what Black Throne Productions?
0: Black Throne Productions is putting it out. Yep, it's out officially August twenty fifth. But pre order, yeah, go go check it out. Oh, yeah. grab one. Looking
7: at it right now. There's three colors. Yeah, yeah I
6: got my color. Wow. Nice, <laughs> nice. Do you have our Instagram uh, handle? That, that uh,
0: I didn't I didn't write it down. But Dashie is spelled D A S H I E E.
6: Okay, I'm fine.
0: Yeah, you should be able to find her there. If not, let me know. Um, maybe I'll put it up, you know, in the credits here or something, but yeah, really really cool stuff.
5: Yep, found it. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Hmm. All right, anything else about this split that we should talk about? Musically, um, lyrically, inspirationally, anything? Yeah, it's it's oh. it's
7: not something that like me personally would like listen to a lot. I mean, it's definitely in that style of music that's not like my go-to, but for for like the concept, the, the art, the whole thing behind it, it, it makes it really cool—a cool, a cool yeah. listen. And um, both bands is it, it's accessible. Like even if you're not into that kind mm-hmm. of music, the heavy, heavy doomy kind of stuff, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty accessible in general
5: oh absolutely yeah it's a it's i'm i'm i really dig concept records uh that are i guess kind of like this one in the sense that they take you on a journey i feel like that's what a concept record is supposed to do and this one does and of course i already love music that does that um kind of had some of that mesa feel here and there and different bands that we've kind of been talking about on here that i could i could hear some different things that just the 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 soundscape that they created is cool and uh i could easily i mean i i, I listened to it in the gym today uh and that was and it, and it, and it worked to pass that test which is cool uh but I, I look forward to like putting this on while i'm either zoning out or even put it put it in the background and then feel myself probably jamming to it while i'm while i'm doing something you know like I think it's going to be a good record for that for sure.
7: I had it on today at work in my office and it, it was pretty loud in my, my office. And it, it's definitely not like the work friendly. Like, (laughs) so like my boss walked, was walking by down the hall and I'm like, I kind of, I kind of turned it down a little bit. Just when people were kind of walking around, like, they're going to be like, what's this guy listening to? (laughs) It probably didn't, didn't sound that great from out in the hallway. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the fuck's going and on Bucky's there? having yeah. a bad day over there
5: <laughs> yeah it's a little somber what's going on man <laughs> gotta make sure Bucky's alright
7: yeah <laughs> so yeah. I friendly but not work friendly yeah I gotcha yeah,
6: I don't know if people take splits as uh, seriously as like full albums but maybe I haven't in the past but when I listened to this I was just like completely blown away and it's not just because they're my buddies and we're on the fuzz club together but this is this is amazing those two songs are awesome i came at yeah. the shirt yeah,
0: yeah I, I think to agree. that to that point and we kind of touched on it already but i mean just the fact that you know that they're very cohesive songs they're they're about the same thing they you know kind of went in different directions to meet each other a little bit like i think that it, it might get a little bit more recognition as like a concept album rather than a split album you know yeah. people might look at it a little bit differently as like a whole package
7: yeah. Yeah, it definitely sounds like one album. It's cohesive. It, it yep. you yeah. almost don't even need to say split, like yeah. the Eastern Scrolls. Like Yeah. You don't they know just I... call
0: this new band, the Eastern Scrolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's been there.
7: laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I think that, that we've said it. I think that um it, it's gonna be a good episode. The, the interview first here and, and then the discussion around it. I think that everyone should go check out the Eastern Scrolls. We'll wrap it up there. If anyone wants it, to what do you think they're up to. It,
5: it just sucks that, you know, without them here, we had a perfect time or opportunity to just rip them to shreds. <laughs> I mean, they had to write a freaking good album dang it yeah <laughs> had, a, had a chance to really get them on this one oh, they yeah.
7: they were they were probably a little
0: nervous maybe like yeah. they yeah. are right
7: now like literally yeah. I, <laughs> exactly. I
0: don't remember who it was it might have been chris or randy that they suggested maybe like a <laughs> roast episode and i would be all for that <laughs> heck yeah
5: heck yeah
6: we'll go back and pretend that we just
0: roasted them the whole time and
5: do yeah. comes up <laughs> that
6: <laughs> would be funny yeah
5: we got we got to message them that uh hey i I'm just going to apologize for all that was said on that episode. But, you know, remember, no hard feelings.
4: <laughs> no hard feelings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, Scott, lead us off. Tell us what you're up to.
4: Um, and by the way, just so you know, I I can't hear anybody. Um, it might be my signal, so you might want to edit this part out. Um, <laughs> I just wrote my longest piece ever on the band Acid King i um, getting a lot of positive uh, clean and sober stoner.com and i'd appreciate if people would uh, give that a little browse. i go over the whole discography and a little bit of the history so that's my latest cool
0: ryan
5: awesome and speaking of acid king you know i've got them coming to ripple fest which i'm pretty excited about we're less than three months away yeah. uh, that's going to be such an incredible festival i'm, I'm really happy with With the lineup from top to bottom is is stacked and a lot of good bands and good friends that'll be there. So that's going to be a great festival in September, which won't be quite as hot, too. So it'll be nice. And then on the High Desert Queen side, uh, we just wrapped a long six week tour. And like idiots, we're going back on tour. Um, Short one, though, uh, two weeks. We just announced today a brewery and dive tour, which we're going to film Hmm. a documentary. of. We're we're beer hounds and uh, we'll be. Taking tours of breweries and, and, and several along the way, so a three-hour might drive from town to town might turn into a much longer drive. Uh, but we'll be videoing us tasting the beer and at you know at the venue doing interviews and stuff, and it's gonna be fun. And uh, but more exciting, we just we just wrapped 90% of our second record in the studio. Uh, I've got to go back and do some vocals. We recorded everything live in the studio with no click tracks, no punch-ins. We were like, hey, we're going old school. Uh, we just did 34 shows in 36 days. So we felt like we were tight enough to do that. <laughs> so nice. wow, it, awesome. it, it, we're right. very, very, very happy with how it sounds. And we ended awesome. writing up, writing three new songs in there, too. So it was pretty cool. We're excited about it.
0: I can't wait for the Fuzz Club on that. And yeah. won't, be, won't be invited to the Fuzz Club recording. Yeah,
5: that'll, <laughs> that'll be a roast. It's
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bucky, what are you up to?
7: Uh, so, yeah, doomcharts.com. The June charts drop tomorrow, and I mean, you guys know what that's all about. Half of half of you guys on the Fuzz Club are part of the contributors to the Doom chart, so that comes out the first Friday of every month, and check me out. I run the Doom charts Twitter page. I'm on there every now and then. I'm not too active, but um, you can find me on there and on Instagram, and Bandcamp, follow me on Bandcamp. That's where kind of where I've been hanging out for decades since Bandcamp started,
0: so. Right on. Eddie?
7: Um,
6: nothing really new, just um, The Endless has the, that gig on July 22nd at Black Bar, And we're going to the studio in, in one month.
8: Awesome. Um, Pat? Uh, the monster of hiatus is is almost over. It took some time off um, you know, in preparation for my son to get here. But he was born on Sunday. Uh, things are going smoother than I expected, but maybe that'll be short-lived. Uh, so hopefully by the end of July, we'll uh, be back to publishing regularly again. I will say I have been 100% out of the loop in new music. I've been just like listening to like a bunch of stuff I listened to like in college and in high school the past month or so. So if anybody wants to send me stuff that they're excited about that's come out recently, like I haven't even read the doom charts uh, in the last couple months. So. Anything that anybody is super jazzed about, uh, you think I should review. Feel free to send it along.
7: Cool. Right on. Yeah. You heard all of right. the band of We Hunt Buffalo?
0: Never. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Go check out the Eastern Scrolls. It's out August 25th. Um, so if you uh, don't have access to it, go hit the pre-order and check it out on August 25th. It's worth it. Later. See you
8: guys.
6: Yeah. See ya.